High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. All right, uh, welcome back to High Noon with George Hook and uh, time for Bill Hughes to bring us another essential song. Uh, what did we do last week? Oh, Billy Joel. We did Billy Joel because, the last time. Yeah. yeah. I read this week in somewhere, his daughter's very attractive. <laughs> Hardly surprising. No, but it, yeah. it's just, it was celebrity children. It was some oh, yeah. kind of series, you yeah, know. Yeah. And there were pictures of all the children, you know, of yeah. various celebrities. And Billy Joel's daughter was one of them. Yeah, well, it's a good gene pool. Like Billy yeah. Joel is—he's he, a little pugnacious-looking guy. But, well, his uh, daughter isn't pugnacious. No, no, Christine Brinkley, his ex-wife, you see, was oh, tall, yeah, of leggy, former yeah. Miss America. Anyway, yeah, what's yeah. the music? Kid? The music this week. Okay, I'm taking you back to the song was released November 1963. Now, I must like it. It is actually physically. And mentally and emotionally impossible for me not to like it. Well, I would agree (laughs) in this instance. The legendary Dusty Springfield. I only want to be with you. Oh, William. So there you go. I know Bill. Love Love her. Love Uh. this. And, And my great friend Alice is listening. Alice, I know you love Dusty Springfield. So I only want to be with you. It's rock and roll. Written by Mike Hawker and Ivor Raymond. Okay. And it was her debut solo single. Oh, was it? For Dusty because Springfield. she had been a oh, member well, I'm of... I'm going to take you oh, back through sorry, all of that. I'm sorry, going to take you sorry. back through all of that. Sorry now, I spoke. Since then... No, no, no. But since then, there have been three remakes of it. The Bay City Rollers had a massive hit with it in 76. The Tourists, whose lead singer was Annie Lennox, who went on to the Eurythmics, they had a massive hit with it in 1979. And then Samantha Fox, one of the most famous page three girls. Yeah. She had a hit with it in 1989. I only want to be with you. Yeah. So Samantha Fox Samantha Fox so Jean Ryder she was the wife of Mike Hawker at the time and she said that I Only Want to Be With You was written after they got married inspired by their intense romantic feelings and inspired by although interesting you do give the impression they're no longer married oh they're no longer married (laughs) And then <laughs> the intense feeling for each other didn't the last time, very long. At the time, this was just like a supernova. Yeah. Right. So um, she was a member of the vocal group, uh, the Vernon Girls. And uh, she had intended and that the song, because he wrote it for her, that she was going to get to do the solo recording of it. Uh, but they made, uh, as she says, they made no formal arrangement about that. And so in the autumn of 63... Hawker got a call from uh, Philips Records A&R director Johnny Franz and he said, look, we need something which is going to put this girl into the charts because everybody's knocking her. Everybody's saying she'll never make it solo. Have you got a song that's a guaranteed hit? And he was talking about Dusty Springfield. Now, she'd already gone ahead and recorded nine solo tracks for her debut album, none of which was deemed to be the right vehicle to launch her solo career. So he sent in the demo of uh, Hawker, Hawker sent in the demo of I Only Want to Be With You with the wife singing it. OK. Uh, and keeping a beat by tapping it out on a biscuit tin lid. I mean, it was a really rough demo. Uh, 
Springfield immediately loved it. She recorded it on the 25th of October in 1963 at the Olympic Studios in London. It was arranged and conducted by Ivor Raymond. And Jean Ryder, the, the wife of the songwriter, got to sing in the backing vocals. But it was released in November 63, three weeks after the Springfields had had their final concert and split. And it became an instant global success. And they say that it was because Raymond's arrangement, like he was inspired by Phil Spector and it's unmistakable. It was kind of relentless ticker, ticker beat, cascading drum rolls, full on choirs, tower of power horn section pitched against soaring rock strings. So it was like a huge sound, a wall of sound prior to it I, being uh, called the wall of sound. Oh, so can I go. say something now? Sure. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, Mm. The, she was part of the Springfield. Yeah. But she's from Ballyhigh. No, she's not. Well, she is. She well, her mother. Her mother was, yeah. Right, yeah. well, that's It's actually enough. from Tralee. Well, Ballyhigh Bally is really. near Tralee. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's kind of related to the head of sport in RTE, Ryle Nugent. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I know her mother's maiden name was Ryle. Yeah. But I didn't think her surname. The Springfield. Uh, surname. No, no, she's kind of related. She's kind Oh, is she? Okay. They're um, all from Bally High, all that lot. Well, well. <laughs> okay, okay. If that, so we're going to go down that route of, 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 of her. So her, she was because the second her child. her name was what? Uh, Mary, Isabel, Catherine, Bernadette, O'Brien. That's right. Mary okay. O'Brien so from Ma- Bally High. Mary That's Catherine right. O'Brien. Told yeah, you. yeah. So she was the second child of Gerard Anthony O'Brien and her mother was Catherine Anne K. Ryle. So, uh, and she became O'Brien, obviously. And she had the older brother, and, Tom. Uh, and yeah. Ryle Nugent's mother's maiden name Is, was Ryle. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, very, well, there you go. So, so there, it's all legit now. Okay, Stop well, trying there to you go. knock me down no, like I would you never do every knock you down. I would never knock you down. So, uh, Dusty's father had been raised in British India and he worked as a tax accountant and consultant and her mother came from the original Irish family. So that's what you're saying. She went to St. Anne's convent school in Northfields. It was a traditional school, uh, girls' school. The comfortable middle-class upbringing, though, that she uh, had was completely dysfunctional. Uh, Her father was a perfectionist. Her mother was regularly given to bouts of frustration. So they were always ending in food fights in the house. So when Dusty... What's a food fight? Throwing food at each other. It's parents, yeah. So when the Springfields became successful, it was one of the things that got them a bad name on the road with management and with touring companies because Dusty and Tom would get into food fights. But it came from their upbringing as being a natural... Oh, Tom was her brother? Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, like, her father used to tap out rhythms on the back of her hand uh, to encourage her to guess who had written the musical piece. And so she listened as a kid to 
Gershwin, Rogers and Hart, Rogers and Hammerstein, Cole Porter, Count Basie, Duke Ellington, Glenn Miller. That was the soundtrack to her youth. And she was a fan of American jazz. The vocalists she looked up to most were Peggy Lee and Joe Stafford. And she wanted to sound like them. And so at the age of 12, something that Streisand also did, she got into a recording booth because in those days you could on any main street had a little recording booth and for a shilling you could record yourself singing. And she, when she was 12, wrote, sang When the Midnight Choo Choo Leaves for Alabama uh, at a local record uh, store. And so they, they did find the master of that. So in 1960, uh, she formed the pop folk trio The Springfields with Tom and a guy called Rashad Field who was replaced by Mike Hurst in 1962 and the three of them got together and they were rehearsing uh, in a field in Somerset in the springtime and that's where Springfield came from they just made up the name All right, and okay. the three of them became Dusty, but, uh, Tom hold and Hold a while now Hold a while now Yeah Dusty Springfield yeah. is fantastic, oh, and like, uh, and like you trot around. You come in here mm. every week, and you <laughs> trot around massive and global hit and yeah. all this kind of stuff. You're dealing with one of the great female singers here. Yeah, but sadly, not a massive record seller. No, that's true. That's why mm. I don't want you trotting around your no, there massive aren't, global there aren't, hits. There aren't, uh, it will. I Only Want to Be With You was a massive global No, but hit. she's yeah. fantastic. Mm. And she also went to South Africa, refused to sing in front of segregated audiences. That's true. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I, I thought she was great, I must say. I thought Dusty Springfield, not just because she's from Kerry, I thought she was great. Well, I'm glad because I join you in that. So will we listen to I Only well, Want to Be With You? Just before we do. Yeah. Uh, do you remember any of the Vernon Girls songs? No. Do you not? No. Lover, please, please come back. Lover, please, please come back. Well, see, Do you that, not that, remember that? That was the soundtrack to your youth, not mine. <laughs> that was I was well over by the time I came along. And do you know how they got the name? Not the Vernon Girls. Yeah. No. There was a football pools called Vernon's, oh. and they picked it up from that in it's, Liverpool. Oh, so it's not Vernon Avenue, Clontarf. No. So, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> this is the. Fabulous Mary O'Brien, better known to you as Dusty Springfield in I Only Want to Be With You. It is the way I always feel about Bill Hughes. This represents my feelings, the intense feeling I have for Bill Hughes.
phenomenal. It's a brilliant song. Phenomenal. You're sending me home happy. It has as much life in it oh. today as it did then, you know. Fabulous. 53 years later. Yeah. 53 years yeah. since it was a hit. So yeah. uh, incredible. Um, so like Dusty's at her peak, she was one of the most successful British female performers. She had six top 20 singles in the US, but she had 16 on the UK singles chart. Um, uh, she was like, I mean, when you think of her hits, I Only Want to Be With You that we just heard, but Wishing and Hoping, I Just Don't Know What to Do With Myself, You Don't Have to Say You Love Me, Son of a Preacher Man. Um, you know, she she was known for many things. Her image was very particular. Uh, the hairstyle. The, the peroxide blonde, the bouffant hairstyle, evening gowns, heavy makeup, flamboyant performance, massive hand gestures. I have friends who still do her hand gestures. Well, uh, the interesting thing about the makeup, my mother always told me never to go out with a girl that used uh, black eyeshadow. Uh, but uh, Dusty, <laughs> Dusty must have used a bucket of night oh, yeah. on black eyeshadow. Yeah. But she was, uh, she saw herself as different anyway. She spent mm. so much time in America. Like when she was with the Springfields, she went to Nashville to record a yeah. true folksy album. But then when her career started to take off and she had strength in her career, she said, I'm going to Memphis because I want to do, I want to do soul and blues. And she recorded Dusty and Memphis, which to this day is still regarded as one of the greatest albums but, ever but, recorded. But why were you, why did you say you, you weren't using massive and global hit and everything about her. You said she wasn't a great seller of records. Her sales were not huge. And were not. No, they weren't huge. They weren't anything as big as they should have been. Like where she made her money was from touring. Right. Um, but she was a terribly, terribly unhappy woman because uh, she couldn't, she didn't come to terms with her sexual identity for years. Like she was gay and uh, she, she got herself in and out of relationships for a long time, she denied it. She and then she crossed over and said, no, she was bisexual. And then eventually she admitted, yes, she was gay when it was no big deal anymore. And so she went through a massive slump when Mem Dusty and Memphis didn't sell. Her career went into a slump. And so it was when the Pet Shop Boys invited her to come and sing a song that they had written for her in 1987. What have I done to deserve this? That that brought her back and and gave her a massive uh, boost again. And then she had nothing has been proved and in private. And suddenly she was back the flavor of the month, you know. So, so it's when you when you hear that. But in 1964, she recorded two songs by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, Wishing and Hoping. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. just don't know what to do with myself. And she was like for years she was voted the top female British artist of the year in the New Mus Musical Express poll, which was like the big, the Bible of the music industry at the time. And she would always beat Lulu, Sandy Shaw, Scylla Black. Spring Dusty Springfield would always beat them in those awards, in, in those sort of polls. And uh, she went to the San Remo Song Festival in Italy in 1965 and she heard a song from uh, in, in, in Italian and she thought, 
the 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 melody is sensational. I wonder who has written English lyrics to it. And it transpired that Vicky Wickham, who went on to be her personal manager, and Simon Napier Bell also, who went on to be her personal manager, they had written, and it was I just don't know what to do. Or, sorry, you don't have to say you love me. And so she recorded that, and that went to number one again, broader broader. Yeah. So, you know. She, when she died of breast cancer, the breast cancer had come and gone and yeah. come and gone. And when, so when she died, she was cremated. And while some of her ashes are buried in Henley, uh, the rest were scattered by Tom over the Cliffs of Moher. Oh, he brought right. her ashes over there. Not so, Ballyhigh. Not Ballyhigh. All right, okay. Well, listen, if you can keep up that standard of song, <laughs> you'll be welcome back next week. You can find all these songs of essential songs chosen by Bill Hughes on George Hook's Essential Songs, and you can stream them all to Spotify, such as the number of them now. You can drive from here to Moscow. Uh, listening to the essential songs. Well, the team, um, Michael Quilligan, the sound engineer, he's at his best when we do music because he gives us such incredible sound. The team was Kira Courtney, Roisin Davis, Peter Steers, Eva Breen and Alex Russo. I'm back tomorrow Friday at high noon. But here, listen, I might even sing it out myself. Lover, please, with the Vernon girls.